Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Samson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weird Writer. And before we get into the, today's topic, I just want to say that we're recording this on Mother's Day, which is highly <laughs> amusing, if you know what we're going to be talking about. We're, we're going to be talking about some loved ones who died today. <laughs> so, you know, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Well, of course, you'll see this two weeks later, but, you know. Also joining us is Grace. Hello, I am the Gator Girl. And we also have Shannon. Hi, everybody. I'm Gray. And lastly, we have Matt. Hey, I'm Comatose on the forums and Discord, and I'm excited to talk about some dead loved ones uh, today. Spouses and parents. And I'm Chaos. So... We we had a few different titles. We weren't sure what to title this episode, but uh, we're gonna we call this "Love and Lost in the Cosmere" because dead spouses. We're we're also gonna talk about dead parents too. So you you found a TV trope name for what we're gonna talk about, Matt? Can can you explain? Yeah. So if you're a TV tropes fan like me, you can find this one under uh, the Lost Lenore, which is of course named for the Raven uh, by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, and it's a dead love interest of a prominent character who dies at the beginning or before a story begins, but whose death has a significant impact or consequence and is a, usually a strong motivator for the, the protagonist um it's a a prop popular trope for brandon and in general i think it's popular partially because it gives a character backstory you know they they had a relationship before it's something they were doing before and it also but conveniently removes that backstory so the character is unattached and can you know go through the story and doesn't have uh you know a spouse or whatever holding them back um it also gives conflict or angst uh which writers or readers sometimes like gotta love the anguish yeah making Um, characters suffer another characteristic is that the dead person is often idealized in their death so they will often be seen with like less flaws or they are like put on a pedestal um because you can't mess up someone's idealization of you if you're dead (laughs) Yeah. Although we will count, talk, probably talk about a couple of examples where that's not true or where. <laughs> we'll oh, dive man. into it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there, there's some real good ones here. And it's interesting like that this is so pervasive, but it's like tropes become tropes because they work. Yeah. Like people, it, they make sense to people, people like them. So it's like, I think it's, yeah. it's interesting. I think it's seeing also patterns nice. emerge for like characters who are if you want to give a sense that characters aren't like they're 18 or they're in their early 20s like with Kelsier and Mare as we're going to talk about it's like oh yeah Kelsier ha- is at a life before yeah. <laughs> another thing like we're going to be discussing tropes today but a thing to keep in mind with tropes like Ian was saying is they're not inherently bad uh, like they they became tropes because they work but they can be bad if they're done wrong or you're relying on the trope to kind of carry you through. If you have good writing that happens to fall within a trope, you're fine. And I think that's often where Brandon falls. Like, I think he does cool things with them. But if it becomes a crutch where you're like, oh, I don't want to think about a dead 
or a spouse. So I'm just going to kill them off. Uh, that can become lazy writing right. or like not as enjoyable for readers. Yeah. And yeah, it, that's the main trope we'll be talking about. I think we're also going to talk about another one uh, called fridging, which I'm comes up a lot in discourse, but I'm not as familiar with uh, Shannon. Do you yeah, want to give a definition? Um, it comes up pretty often in conversation whenever um, a woman dies, like especially if she has a romantic connection to a main character. Mm -hmm. um, so just so everyone is on, we're all on the same page before we dive into all of this. Um, Phrygian, which I think like the main, the main definition or the original definition is um, like when the, the, the female character, wife, girlfriend, whatever is killed um, like off screen and is basically just there as like to to cause the dude pain give him give him some angst give him some just just you know make him suffer you know and like that's kind of like the entire purpose of like of the death is just you know here's just, just the, the purpose is all about the man suffering and not about you know the what actually happens to the woman Mm -hmm. so to give him a revenge plot for example to give him a revenge like plot or, you know to like or to like the shock to like make the readers go oh my god that right. kind of thing yeah so she, she's a she's the plot device instead of a character exactly i think is the yeah 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 it doesn't have to be like a female like romance connection but that's kind of what it's developed into is like meaning like whenever it's whenever it's a female character i feel like this this trope always gets brought up um not mm -hmm. for and i wouldn't say it's 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 wrong to like automatic for people to automatically go to, in this direction but we'll talk about whether or not we think like these are these are fridging or not kind yeah. of examples even though brandon does seem to do the the dead wife thing it's like are these actually fridging he, Let's, he uh, does we'll like that. at least well we can we can go into mare but for most of our examples, like, he does give them characters. Like, it's yeah. not like they're nothing blank slates that he's just like, ah, we're just gonna have them do this. Like, it obviously affects the character and affects the stories and, and things. So maybe let's talk about Mare. Which, yeah. Mare's an in a really interesting character that, you know, in Mistborn, we don't get flashbacks, right? So we, we've yeah. never really yeah. seen Mare on, on screen, really. We do get one yeah. in Secret History. In Secret oh, History, we true. get a flashback. Yeah. That's a good um, point. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, no. And Mare, um, I think she fits this ex the Lost Lenore trope very well in that even though we never see her on screen, she died, you know, a bit before, quite a bit before the book started. Mm -hmm. um, but she's hugely significant. Like, she's what spurs Kelsier's whole change in pace and mm -hmm. she's the center of kind of some of the character conflict between say uh marsh and kelsier yeah you know she's who brought uh kelsier and say zed together and she's frequently <sighs> compared like like she's just like she's a very central character to the mm -hmm. books um even though she never appears on screen mm -hmm. except for that one the one flashback. And, like her drawing of a flower yeah is like a one of the most important objects yeah in that trilogy yeah yeah that passes from person to person it's like ah yes the memory of a flower that you know mm -hmm. the world doesn't have to look like this mm -hmm. and and she's definitely idealized as well both by marsh mm -hmm. and by kelsier mare is kind of like 
she definitely has that the most amazing woman ever feel mm. to her. Which is interesting because also Kelsier's wondering like if Mare betrayed them, which is yes. which is a nice dichotomy actually. It's like so there's well, some idealization, a- but it's like oh man, did she, did she betray us? Yeah, well, in the beginning, like, like he definitely believes that she betray- betrayed him. That it's only like later, like, hmm. um, Vin proposes like once she figures out that like, hey, the Lord Ruler can pierce copper clouds. That like, it's possible like that's what he was referring to when he thanked her. That like maybe she didn't betray him. Yeah, I I have a question on that. Did you as readers <laughs> did anyone actually think Mare? betrayed him when you were reading it for the first time or did everyone kind of assume that she didn't i i wondered yeah yeah i was like ooh ooh maybe she did i was i was there yeah uh, i think for me knowing that mayor sacrificed her life by giving kelsey her bead of autium was a sign to me of she didn't actually betray him. She still loved him and would have done anything to protect him. Mm-hmm. So I n- once never really read her as like actually having betrayed him. I genuinely don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's too long ago. It has been a yeah. while since I've reread Erwan. When well, like when I the first time I read Mistborn, like because it was the first Brandon book I read. Has to have been over a decade at this point. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't remember. How do you do so good? And what's your Cosmere? What's that Cosmere character? Just, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I can remember the wiki thing. I don't remember how I felt about it because yeah. I read right, that book right, so many okay. times that it all just blurs together. I'm yeah. just staring at you like, what a seventh here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, I agree. Like, you. You read it so many times and I, I obviously I can't remember either, um, but I was thinking about, you know, did Brandon, is that a genuine question he wanted the reader to have or is it a question Kelsier had and he was like telecasting enough, though, that the reader was always kind of on Mare's side? Um, I don't know, like the one potential explanation, of course, mm-hmm. for her, if she had betrayed him would be, well, Kelsier's kind of a megalomaniac and maybe Mare... Mm-hmm had a better good reason and then felt bad for it mm-hmm. and gave him the geode. And he, Kelsier kind of thinks this too, like maybe she gave me the geode to like atone for betraying me. But I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not sure how much that suspicion undermines her idealization because Kelsier still like loves her so much. Mm-hmm. Even well, I don't think it undermines it. I think it yeah. I think it I think it actually strengthens it because it's the in the face of in the face of evidence, Kelsier still wants to believe that the she I guess that's true. Yeah, that is a good yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like he has that like, conversation oh, with Vin that like the evidence points to her betraying me, but mm-hmm. you know what? I just can't believe it. So I, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. that yeah. Yeah, like he has a line with Vin where it's like, I don't know, but I want to believe that she didn't betray me. I, it, it has been so long since I first read it, but I think, I don't think I truly thought Mare betrayed him, but, but there was, there was a time where I'm like, I'm not really sure, but I, I never really like mm-hmm. totally bought into 
her actually I would have been interested in it because I'm like oh that's a way to do the dead wife thing without it being like I remember having that thought like back that's true even even like almost a decade ago it was like hey like this like this this would be this would be like less of a like a oh my poor lost wife and more of a Mm -hmm. oh maybe she was bad that would have been interesting that Um, would have been interesting for sure yeah so I gave her some character and so it made her very interesting from the beginning. True. And it wasn't just, you know, to talk about fridging, like it didn't, it never really felt like, oh, the Lord Ruler like fridged Mare to get at Kelsier, like that, like, because he didn't care about Mare or Kelsier, really. He was just like, oh, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> um, screw you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. You're beneath my notice, but I caught you, so... Off to the pits with you. Um, yeah, off to the pits. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think for me, Mare was always a, a character and like fairly fully realized. And although her, her death had plot purpose and was obviously for a plot, very plot significant reason, I don't know. And it also, I think the fact that it, she had some agency in that she chose like her manner of her manner of death, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the the self-sacrifice rather than the uh mm-hmm. you know she was just murdered by the lord ruler just randomly or something yeah 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 brandon does definitely use the dead spouse a lot uh and so it, i think it's easy to poke fun at it um mm-hmm. in an overall sense but like in any specific example i don't know with like dead spouses that i have any issue with any specific one it's just when you look at it from a large sense it's like oh, there's a lot of dead spouses and there's a lot of dead parents yeah <laughs> it's like ah, mm-hmm. and yeah, when you look we- at the pattern of dead wives it's like yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of a lot and and it is as we're gonna see it is quite gendered um like yeah. we're yeah. predominantly talking about women mm-hmm. um and part of that might be a product of you know some the Pro- older protagonists that Brandon's talking about are heterosexual men. So, you know, a lot of the female characters he's written have been younger, um, t- t- too young potentially to have a dead spouse um, until we get to like the Stormlight Archive and we can talk a bit about. Well, like a, that, but... a fun example, like a counter example is like Telson. Right, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, she's captured, but it's like, oh, that that's actually not yeah. what happened at all. And I think some of yeah. the newer protagonists, Brandon has done this better, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's actually a good. If we're unless anyone has something else to say about Mare, uh, that's kind of a good segue to our next example potentially. I think I'm good on Mare. I wish I'd read it yeah. more recently, but I think. I think I recalled yeah. enough of my emotions about about it. Yeah. It's yeah. been so long since I've read Miss yeah. One in particular. Yeah. And it it's interesting seeing like um Kelsier's thoughts about Mayor mm-hmm. in terms of like the flash mini flashback we got in Secret History, where it's like their relationship perhaps wasn't quite as smooth as he likes to remember mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Which I think is, yeah. is is natural. Like once someone is gone, 
Yeah. You, you, you remember the good things and try to forget the bad things. Even just with and breakups, look at, right? And if you look at who Kelsier is, there is no way he had a perfect relationship. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Like, well, and he just lived, and they both lived just a very hard life. So, like, yeah. obviously, yeah. That's, it's, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, sunshine and roses all the time. Because the well, sun's yeah, red. both very, like, very intelligent, highly motivated, mm-hmm. ambitious, capable people um, with strong opinions. Like, it's, yeah. I, I will say something else. Um, something that just, just came to me is, like, the, this, this isn't true for all of the cases we're going to talk about today. But it's the, it's the thing about um, Mare's dream becoming um, Kelsier's goal this is just like on a meta level like of course like this this how it works how it works in the book makes total sense um and i'm not like it's it's not really it's not about whether it's believable to me or not um but like in a in a meta sense i'm talking about this the 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 dead wife's goals become his goals Mm. and that um it's sort of what what bothers kind of me as a reader when just looking at it from the outside is that she never gets to see her own goal um achieved mm-hmm. and so like there there is sort of this this thing with like with with dead the dead characters that the living survivor wants to um like do it for them but in in these cases um it's sort of like if if this if this specific part of it was was the pattern, I think I would be a lot more bothered. But since it's it's I, I can only just apply it to Mare. It's mm-hmm. it's that like it's like the the woman's dream is kind of like taken away from her, and it becomes it's her dream, but it's Kelsier's achievement. Yeah. The, so mm-hmm. like my first time reading it, I like I hadn't really read a lot of the other Cosmere, and so like I was like. Ugh. Like, what if it had been Mare who survived and did this? Like, that would have been a, an interesting book, but it needed to be Kelsier, right? For for a few reasons. He becomes pretty significant later on. But it's always like, why is it that he gets to be the significant one? And she yeah. has the, and she just like is in the past as a memory of like, oh, that was such a nice dream. I'm glad she had that. Well, I, and it's interesting too, because he kind of uses Mare to moralize Kelsier. Like, Mare mm-hmm. becomes like, Kelsier's conscience in a way and I think he he subverts that by letting us realize over time that Kelsier isn't as great as we think and I think even Kelsier he's kind of lying to himself a bit about I'm doing this for Mare because I think his ego Kelsier stealing dreams yeah that's so out of character for him (laughs) but I I I hear what you're saying Gray definitely because it yeah takes some of her agency away in a way and allows Kelsier to profit or benefit as a character. Grace. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think though, and I like that in Miss Bourne, Marsh does kind of call Kelsier out on this. Yeah. He definitely he resents Kelsier and he's very angry and annoyed that like Kelsier didn't care. And this was like his dream and it was Mare's dream. And only after Mare was gone did Kelsier start to care and he got all the glory and Oh yeah, like for sure. Like it totally works in book. It totally works in world yeah. in characterization. Um, yeah, just like just my problem with it is is only like on the meta level of yeah. like. Hmm. Yeah. No, and that and you know, for an example of how to like manage tropes, or if you know a trope has a problematic aspect to it, like putting a foil like a in like Marsh, <laughs> or putting a foil in like Marsh to like call the character on it, I think is a good way to handle some of those negative implications. 
Like at least he's um, a, the writer's aware of it. Yeah. The writer's aware of it. And the character isn't just getting away with it. Like they're being held accountable, at least in some, some realm. Yeah. And one other thing that makes this whole, like it was her, um, her dream, but Kelsier's achievement is like Alex feather rider has a very big bone to pick with Kelsier because he doesn't go into the beyond to be with mayor. Yeah. Potentially we don't know what the beyond is, but he, he sticks around. I think her like, issue is not so much the being with mare part, but it's the, mm -hmm. she just hates that he got to cheat <laughs> yeah. again. But, but it does go to Kelsier being like, oh, you like to sit in the mist and think about mare being beside you and everything. But, didn't but have a chance really, when it comes this down is to quite it. a bit about you. Right. And mm -hmm. it's not as much about getting mare's dream to come true. And another, I guess, subversion to uh, Shannon is in Mistborn, it's not actually Kelsier who achieves the goal. Vin does. I like that. Okay. Y you know, like, so yeah. it, it's... Uh, Kelsier didn't have to die even if he came back. Yeah, Kel <laughs> and, 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 and Vin is often compared to Mare, right? That's so good. there's kind of this... There's a lot of, like, lines about Vin being, like, the daughter mayor would have wanted or the and they i think there's also some lines about them even being visually similar like they both have kind of dark hair so does that make it better or worse that she doesn't get to live to meet mayor or meet finn it's always i think the, it just makes it more complicated yeah yeah because it's yeah. sort of like it's it, like i think that that like this kind of thinking like um it like it's sort of like this is this is something a dead only a dead character can have is like this concept of legacy it's like we don't actually know what mare really would have thought of Vin. we just yeah. have the idealized guesses of what we think she would True. have mm -hmm. yeah i think that also can be a sign of when this trope is used well if it creates complication that's interesting i think when it's not used well it can be simplifying things like mm -hmm. oh we don't want this spouse in there complicating things so we're going to remove them yeah. So I think when it's used to simplify things, that's when we can run into like fridging or like something that's really yeah. cheap. Um, but when it's used as a, a, a complication, that's not just kind of a one off. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a sign that it's uh, an interesting use of the of the trope. Yeah. And I totally agree. Um, my thing is like, she's the first one we're going to be looking at, but, um, this is, this is one of those things where it's sort of like, once is, once is fine, once is great, this, this really works. But then you start to look at it in the pattern of like, why does mm -hmm. it always have to be the wife who's the dead one who drives the, who complicates things, mm -hmm. you know? It's um like as we're talking about, this is going to get gendered. Um, yeah. and well, and it when, is. It and is. It is. This is um this isn't us making this up. This is the data. Um, yeah. So, Brandon, kill more husbands. Kill more husbands. Yeah. Kill Easy. more husbands. Kill more husbands. Let the woman's life be complicated. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he has gotten better writing female characters. Like that's just just. We're, a we're also talking about books that are like now like over a decade old. So. Yeah. Right. Well, so he would probably to, agree. <laughs> To move on to a newer book, yes. um, we can talk about Lessie uh, slash Palm in oh. the Wax and Wayne series, who is kind of a subversion, of course, because uh, Wax only thinks she's dead. Um, mm -hmm. 
but like, then he kills her again and she is out. <laughs> he kills her the first time and the second time. <laughs> he kills yeah. her twice. <laughs> and this is another thing we're going to talk about in some other examples, but a lot of these other ones, um, the husband actually causes the death, which is slightly problematic. Yeah. Slightly <laughs> problematic. Yeah. <laughs> but but it does make for uh you know, it makes it very personal to the character. <laughs> very personal. Uh, and honestly, I think Lessie's first death um, kind of does have that fridging feel to it almost. Like, just with how it's set up with uh, Bloody Tan, like, being like, I've got your... I've got your love interest here. Right. Like chapter one, there's we don't, get, we don't get any characterization for it's this. It's literally woman. prologue. She's just, there, yeah. she's yeah. just there to die and make wax sad. Yeah, yeah. and that's how it kind of think, feels an alloy. I think I think I would call I would probably put that more in the Phrygian than the Lenore. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know, we talked about one of the aspects of these dead characters being idealized, and I think Palm is one of the strongest examples where she at the end is not idealized at all. Well, yeah, I guess by the that second depends. death, for sure. D- yeah. yeah. The first well, one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she's idealized at first, but when you get to know her, absolutely. <laughs> but it does like Palm is so interesting, I think, oh, because sorry. she complicates things so much. Because mm-hmm. like me as a reader, I don't like I disagree with some of the things she did. I don't necessarily disagree with Palm. Yeah. Like, but, like there's some. She raises a lot of questions. I'm actually going to disagree. Whereas I think after Palm's death, um, Wax idealizes Lessie and his relationship with Lessie even more. Hmm. Because it's like during like the first like two books like. Uh, she's never actually referred to as his wife. Like they never got formally married. But in the beginning of um, Bands of Mourning, like he does start referring to her as his wife that he killed twice. And, mm. and like, um, there's a word of Brandon where somebody asked him about that because, like, I think his editor wanted to change that because, like, you had to have an app referred to Leslie as a wife before. Like, and Brandon was like, that's because it's a it reflects a change in Wax's thoughts How about, thinking about that her. whole situation. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. There is a strong idealization happening after, as he starts mm-hmm. to, as the death start, keeps impacting him over and over again. I do want to raise a point about, I don't think that their character complicating things, um, even after their death, is a saving point of of this um it definitely makes the story more interesting but i think it it doesn't it doesn't make the trope any less um what it is mm-hmm. like in terms of mayor complicating kelsier's life or lessie complicating wax and even wayne i'll say and their relationship that's true um you know wayne idealized <laughs> her in some in some way oh, yeah. Like, yeah uh wayne wanted her to be alive and etc 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of see that as an extension of it rather than um, a subversion. Does that make sense? This is slightly off topic, but I just realized both Wax and Wayne have a relationship with a Chondra. I'd never made that <laughs> connection before. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> oh, no. 
Yep. Oh. At least Wayne knows that it's a cotton drawn. <laughs> yeah, at least Wayne knows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, that I was just a, Wayne, that's that's a plus. Like, yeah, wow. it is a plus for him. I mean, I would say that's a plus. Um, because, like, if if the lost Lenore drives the the mm-hmm. the character's motivation and drives the drives the plot, that is a complication in in such a way, and it's sort of like the degree to which um, Brandon pulls it off, like like obviously I think in a, a skilled way, but it doesn't make it any less the lost Lenore yeah. or any less frigging. Well, and to just carry that through, so like like Mare. Um, how Mare's death changed Kelsier's life and kind of changed his direction. He went from being kind of a selfish thief to like a revolutionary with a savior complex. Um, God, it goes, yeah. uh, le- uh, Wax, um, of course, gives up his lawman way of life and returns to the city, right? So it, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's the impetus or the origin of a stark shift in the character's life which uh it's like this is the motivation the for you this is the motivation for you to 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 get better to get your life on track to do to do what really matters and it's sort of like yeah. in kind of in both cases it's like their wake wake up call mm-hmm. although wax it's kind of less of a wake because he i think the way brandon's writing him he's happier when he's out like yeah being Batman saving the day. Yep. <laughs> and Leslie's death initially caused him to step back from that. And it wasn't until he got pulled into this stuff that he started mm-hmm. doing it again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just love when Wax killed Palm time too. Oh, so good. So one much of, suffering. One of the <laughs> most, I think, heart impacting moments uh, in that series, definitely. And probably one of my my top ones. So um, I love probably Shadows of Self better than Bands of yeah. Morning, even though Bands of Morning is crazy. But I love Bands more because of the conversation between Wax and Sawzed. Yeah, well, that's true. That's very good. I read like, them back to back. I don't remember what was in each book. Oh man, they're, they're, <laughs> I I the really need to pretty much them. end with the death. Yeah. Okay, it's like all right, problem like, solved. Mm-hmm. I, I guess t- talking about shadows, though, the art like mm-hmm. shadow, like Palm Lessie shapes shadows. Like if you need a distinguishing oh, yeah. point between the two books, like she is the as bleeder is the main antagonist. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like that, the arc of that book is, is very much her her mm-hmm. story. Like she's the she's the moving force, like everything that happens in that book kind of goes back to her yeah i think from an atmospheric sense like shadows is definitely one of the most distinctive Mm -hmm. mistborn books if not brandon books in general he has a very Mm -hmm. distinct feel to that book Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well and alloy well that series is interesting because he kind of is flirting with the Mm -hmm. the villain of the book trope that comes out of like westerns or like that is true superheroes you know like yeah. he he kind of does like each like miles is very significant in the first book mm-hmm. and then palm in the second and then he's kind of still kind of yeah. but gotten away from that in the later ones because he's doing some bigger things but i think yeah, we gotta reread like, these books he um he's definitely like playing with like pulpy genres yeah. like western yeah. spy thriller like adventure 
who like knows the what Jules Verne kind it. of adventure. Like it's like the yeah. steampunky, like it gets into mm-hmm. which I dig. It like it kind of has it yeah. kind of gives me that Jules Verne vibe by the time we get to the end of the third. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or Indi- Indiana Jones. Yeah, Indiana well, yeah. Jones. Definitely is what I think yeah. about when reading bands. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it's an Indiana Jones story starring mm-hmm. wax like, and in Miss I can yeah. see like the dotted line going across the map. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Is there anything else you want to talk about on Palm? Um, I just think the trope was a little like more obvious in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. sort of like I think I think just the way it worked, it was obviously very impactful. I, I really loved it. It was it was a great read. Um, but I also think this is like the most obvious example people can point to and go like, uh, Brandon. Like the, 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 this is the conversation I like I was hearing after these ones came out. It was like loved it, great. Um, but just hey, we noticed the, a, the misborn pattern here. Do you have a dead wife issue, Brandon? Like, yeah. um, Emily, do we need to be worried about you? Um, also, uh, I think what's interesting that even though she's alive, when we think she's dead, she never kind of gives up that lost quality Ooh. like yeah like she never comes who back lessie, to him yeah. lessie as she was never comes back lessie mm-hmm. the character who Still paul died. was playing and there's some debate about where the line was i think there is a lot of blurred mm-hmm. oh depending how much you believe palm because yeah. that's still a mystery too how much palm like she's such an enigmatic character but mm-hmm. oh, the character palm. of lessie is lost at the beginning and never comes back and then palm is a very complicated it, it, it is a bit of a subversion but they're almost separate characters and in yeah. that way it's kind yeah. of not um and she doesn't re- it's not revealed or she doesn't become lessie again really until it's time for her to die so if you're looking at mm-hmm. different versions of like palm bleeder lessie as kind of separate characters lessie's role in all scenarios is to die to hurt wax (laughs) yeah if like we do get more like like another era one story or like even a like a final empire era before the events of the first trilogy like i'd really love to like for palm to be involved because like she was the lord ruler's contra like yeah i know it's so cool i need more of that (gasps) And I'd I'd like to like see her before like she kind of goes crazy. Yeah, like not yes. that like she loses herself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to put the pin on exactly what happened, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, that's still like what, a mystery, right? Yeah, and that's I think a sign of a of a good like when you use this trope well too, leaving the reader wanting more. Like making the reader wish, oh, I wish I could read more about Marin Kelsier's Kel- relationship, Which I do. or or I wish I could read more about Palm. Um, that tells you that you've made the dead character interesting to the reader, and that you know, it, it, yeah, like you wish you had more rather than I wish I, there was just anything about her. I think, yeah. yeah. With with Lussie though, I never like. Lessie, I didn't really care about. I care about Palm no. a lot, but like Lessie, I was like, hey, whatever. yeah, whatever. <laughs> like that. So, yeah, and that's why I think, like, narratively, even though they're the same person, the two persona are serving different narrative purposes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, certainly, 
Lessie very much fits the trope. Do we want to talk about Shashara now? Sure. This is where I'm going to be like, Grace, it's been a million years. <laughs> so this is my first uh, Cosmere book. My first Good Brandon book. Good one to book. start. Good one to yeah. start. It was I'm, the free uh, one. You know, I'm uh, obsessed with Shashara. So um, also an example where the husband kills the wife. Um, mm-hmm. and there are a sure. lot of husbands killing the wife. Like, yeah. Yeah. Our next um, example is obviously going to be uh, Talnar killing Heavy. Right? Yeah. And Shashara really also uh, big change in Vasher. Like he goes from being like this inventor and involved in world events to withdrawing completely right um she's the center of the conflict between vasher and denth um so and oh she, yeah they were siblings weren't they yeah uh, denth, and, denth and shashara yeah yep. yeah oh. um yeah and then Ooh, also I, I yeah also um listen to our five scholars interesting one. <laughs> she yeah she's an interesting one when it become comes to idealization because in terms of her qualities she's very idealized in that she's like the smartest potentially of the five scholars or it, from Vasher's point of view. Um, she's, you know, just this incredible whatever. Um, but she's not the greatest person necessarily, you know, with the creation and use of Nightblood. And she was um, convinced it, that that was good and wanted to give that secret away to everyone. Yeah. yeah. And she's definitely it, like the super villain of the many war. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, uh, well, at least at the late stage. In the beginning, yeah. I'd say Fasher was probably yeah. the supervillain. Well, yes. the, yeah, and, and the Battle of Twilight Falls is just supposed to be this this massacre that made Vasher feel like even though he loved her, I she was to too dangerous her. to be left alive. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I kind of wonder about, though, is like... All of the five scholars invented things that made killing Except Dan. so we don't much know what easier. He did. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. when you look at how many lifeless, like the total kill count of the lifeless, is that more or the same or less than Nightblood? Like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Nightblood is very efficient at killing, but it's she she wasn't flashy. alone in sharing these secrets to the world. Kind of see Nightblood as an, like, not quite the same level, but, like, as an atomic bomb of the Cosmere. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, very destructive. So I I do put it... I see what you're saying, though. They all did these inventions that were used for awful things, but I think just looking at how destructive Nightblood is on his own on or on its own mm-hmm. the thought of like arming a whole front line of an night army bloods. with night bloods mm-hmm. is pretty terrifying can, yeah, it, can someone I, clear up with their memory like what exactly did um basher know about Nightblood at the time that he killed shishara like like did we did did basher know what we know like that Nightblood is potentially you know one day possibly cosmere ending or um he saw like it in a- saw nightblood in action he saw how destructive it was whether or not he knew like f- the the full, full ramifications of that but yeah. he could recognize that like hey having a thousand of these would be very very bad yeah but 
and going off of like Grace's point, I don't know if like this maps a hundred percent, but I'm just thinking of the quote is like one death is a tra- tragedy, a thousand deaths is a statistic. But like kind of like twisting that where it's like Nightblood is very singular and dramatic and flashy. Whereas like the lifeless, like there's thousands of them. Like they're just like they're like the faceless horde. It's just like, yes, in aggregate, like they are as deadly as one Nightblood. Nightblood is still far more terrifying, I I feel. Yeah. yeah. I would. Nightblood is terrifying. You touch them and you touch someone, they they vaporize. That's that's like <laughs> not that's that's too much power. Um. What I like about this one is that um I think like um reading through like just the the facts of this one, I think I like this one the best because I I actually wouldn't say that she's idealized. I think like I think like Vasher misses her, but I think that's different. I think that not every mm-hmm. time you miss someone who's passed, that's idealizing her sure. or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like that it happened because like of a genuine um, <laughs> disagreement feels too small, but it is a disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a know, strenuous like, disagreement. It's Very a, strenuous. It's a big strenuous disagreement. Um, <laughs> You know, some you know, it was like something that both of them really wanted to do, and they could, and like they they morally couldn't back down on. Mm-hmm. Um, which, a core difference in values. Yeah. Core difference in values. It's like Shashara obviously didn't see much of a problem with creating more Nightbloods. Um, it, just just in case you forgot, Vasher murdered her with Nightblood, and Denth witnessed it. So you know. So it, yeah. you can understand why Denth is really upset. Mm-hmm. You know, I, all- I think if anyone is idealizing Shashara, it is Denth. And to oh, some Denth, extent, yes. I think that is the crux of Denth and Vasher's problems, is that Denth is remembering his sister in this very idealized way, and Vasher is remembering her for who she was. And her flaws, like like uh, Vasher could see more clearly what like what actually happened there, and Denth couldn't mm-hmm. accept that there was anything that that she did anything wrong or did anything bad. Yeah, they they, like they got married. They got married shortly before creating Nightblood, uh, and just it was it was a short marriage, <laughs> to say the least. It, it makes um, me wonder how that marriage actually was if. They were together very briefly, and then they had a huge disagreement, and he killed her. Like, what did that relationship actually look like? <laughs> well, I think well, it was, last, was longer. They were the together longer than they were married. Yes, true. I think it was just like they finally decided to like formalize things. And <laughs> Great then time I, I also think uh, on that point, I wonder if the idealization of Shashara happened more before her death. Like Vasher idealized her and was maybe blind to some of her ambitions or some of her flaws that kind of he couldn't ignore anymore after she used Nightblood in battle and wanted to make more of him. Or maybe Vasher was the one whose ideals shifted because he did mm-hmm. start the mini war. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this. This is now too much. This has gone on too much. I must mm-hmm. end this. Yeah, it, it grew too far. Like he he had a purpose, presumably, wit to start the many war, and then it just 
blew up. Like, I don't think he was anticipating it to become as large a conflict as it ended up becoming. He certainly did not. Well, and if you see, like, war or, like, stuff as a stuff that happens, you could kind of almost see creating lifeless as a good thing. It's like, oh, I can save lives mm-hmm. by creating lifeless. You know, if our guards and our soldiers are these automatons, then we're saving like human life, um, but not realizing that that could spur bigger conflicts right. and actually mm-hmm. make uh, more yep. deaths overall. I do I do like this one not because I don't think I don't think her death changed anything which is also like why like Vashard had changed his mind before he killed Shoshara you know Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like her death Mm -hmm. didn't didn't motivate him it didn't change him it was Mm -hmm. sort of like they 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 had this disagreement before um anything happened he killed her because he changed his mind yeah it was um and I, which I, I, I just like, I just like the situation better. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I like, I think, it, I think it gives Shashara more agency than it gives the others. It was sort of. Mm-hmm. So I was just um, thinking. She's, she's, well, she's more mysterious. Agency. I think we see, like, I think we see on screen much less of her. But um, she's not mentioned much at all. We know, like, the very little about her. She's almost a total mystery. All we see is just um, on screen, or like the things that Vasher tells us that the the things that she's created, essentially. And the fact that she wanted to keep doing more of this. Um, so the fact that her her entire legacy is that she had to be stopped from doing more of the bad, creating things like Nightblood and unleashing them on the world. You know, it's sort of like this. This is one of those cases where it's like, yeah, you know, um, I, 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 I totally buy into the reason why her death had to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's because it's because of her agency. It like it wasn't taken away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's also still like when you compare to Mare, kind of or like the the stealing her dream angle that ke- you talked about with Kelsier. Yeah, I'm not inc- entirely clear that Shashara's aims have been thwarted. Like, part of me still feels like there's stuff she set in motion that is still in motion and. <laughs> affecting the universe the creation of nightblood by itself yeah which is a a cross cosmere you know like nightblood was originally intended for stormlight archive and in some ways warbreaker is nightblood's origin story Mm -hmm. um significant that uh nightblood still thinks of shashara as alive like nightblood is Mm -hmm. this really significant item in the Cosmere. Um, and she's always, even though we're not getting a lot of information about her, she gets like touched on continually because Nightblood will be like, oh, well, Shashara said this, or she thought that, or told me. It's know. like her, you know, her goals are still out there. She's still affecting yeah. the world. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, like almost like on a personal level, like Nightblood is like one of those ones. Like I can't even, I can't even say like, oh, Nightblood is just stealing, like or trying to copy or emulate. It's like Nightblood doesn't have the capacity almost to do that. It's um, yeah. Nightblood is just like, yeah, Shashara is great. I'll let well, it one of my favorite Shashara factoids is that Shashara taught Nightblood that swearing 
is evil and don't <laughs> swear uh, hmm. because uh, she was trying to explain what being evil was <laughs> and was like that was one thing which is why it's like oh you shouldn't swear <laughs> which yeah. is just like really funny to me oh no <laughs> that's one the thing that Shashara did <laughs> is that funny Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, one, one thing that's I kind of thought of while we were discussing Shashara is I think it would be very interesting to compare Dents with Kelsier in terms of their motivations and their actions. Because I see, I think there is a potential for a lot of similarities between them. If you actually go back and look, like they were both motivated by the death of a loved one that they came to idealize and spent their life working to take down the person responsible and that's a really good point because in, in a lot of ways warbreaker is a direct response to Mistborn. it's like there's like the whole a very colorful world after a very like drab world and it's mm -hmm. like brennan has repeatedly said that kelsier in another story would have been the villain mm -hmm. and it is that he might still yeah. be the villain. He might still yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, I really, yeah, I agree. A really good point because I think if the story had been written from Dent's point of view, mm -hmm. Shashara could be his fridged sister who was killed off by the evil Vasher to get mm -hmm. at Dent. You, you, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. From, from his point of view, it, it could have come across that way very, very easily. You yeah. know, Denth is the character that Brandon has said, oh, like, he would be cast as the typical hero, even though he's the villain. And Kelsier is the charismatic hero who would be the villain of another story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ah, I love Warbreaker. Parallels. That's a great, that's a great parallel. I, I yeah, love the, yeah. just the reversals in Warbreaker. Oh, so good. Yeah. Brandon has at one point mentioned the possibility of a Warbreaker secret history. And so, like, I... Don't know if he like all of that us to be like <laughs> after with like oh how does Nightblood get to Roshar blah blah blah. I would have yeah. liked to see like that as like the five scholars like yes what were the five scholars like that's I would love that like we were I think in our five scholar episode we were like man we're never we want to get more five scholars like what were they like like Shashara was called Glory Singer, one of my favorite return names. Yeah. Just great so, names. so yeah. awesome. And just like great seeing names. Basher, Denth, and Shashara working together on the side of Hanald, uh, and just seeing what their relationship is like, what Denth did. Like, we still don't really know what he actually did as a scholar. He, no, yeah. really, we have no achievements for him whatsoever currently. <laughs> He did something. We don't know what. We literally have no idea. Like, it'd be almost funny, because, like, five is a very important, like, number on Nalthus, relatively speaking. Like, there's the yeah, yeah, five right. visions. Yep, yep. So, like, what if it's like, oh, we have, like, these four, like, really smart people. It'd be really <laughs> awesome if there was five. Oh, wait, that one has a brother. Like, let's just lump him in. Let's just let's lump him in. He he can be one of us. Just, well, you know, round it out. Well, you... You, like you see that even with uh, like real world um, pantheons, right? Like for the Greeks, twelve was a significant number, and then like uh, I think it was Dionysus started getting bigger, and they're like, oh, but we only can have twelve main Olympians, so they ditched one of the older 
Hestia, I think. So if you look at who are the 12 Olympians, there's two different versions. That's hilarious. Because they wanted to keep it at 12. (laughs) That's so funny. That'd be funny. I'd love the flashback and Dead was just there. (laughs) Yeah, Dead's just there. Well, I mean, Arsteel's just like a swordsman, as far as we know right now. Presumably, Dent and Arsteel did actually do scholarly things. Dent was on the uh, field trip to Roshar. So. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Shashara is great. I would love to see like a point of view from her. Just like, yeah, that battle. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, another example of also Brandon leaving us wanting more, right? Like, I think yeah. that's a huge one where we're really like the agency more. argument, though, because yeah. it's like, no, you're not killed to cause someone to suffer. It, It's we have a disagreement and you cannot be allowed to live. Yeah, it's sort of like it's like it's not it's not Phrygian or the Lost Lenore if she's the villain who needs to be stopped. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, really it's, that's why because she's set up as a Lost Lenore, I yeah. think. But it it's is definitely a subversion. It's a fun yeah. remixing of it, which is what I think makes it such a good. Use we of can the have world. female villains. Like it's like if yes. she was the only female character in the book, then it would be like. That's that's why you can never have like only one of the demographic you're trying to represent. <laughs> but we have we have Siri and Vivenna. We got plenty. You know who are like the two main characters of this book. This is a female driven book, female led yeah. book. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. female villains. Let's let's go. Yeah. Shashara was and, and then Blushweaver. Blushweaver. Oh, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Great character. Character. Warbreaker is definitely a book where it's like, all right, let's, mm-hmm. let's put more. And then there's Jewel. Well, you know, she's not good. <laughs> we can have female <laughs> villains. That's fine. <laughs> she's she's not good. So I think we gotta talk about the uh you know, you know, Lessie's one thing, but we gotta talk about the main Cosmere spouse who died on screen because of her husband. <laughs> not, not on screen. He he tossed the fire in and then closed the door and walked away. The actions that led to her death <laughs> directly <laughs> on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we got to talk about uh, Dalinar's wife, which I pronounce Evie. And, you know, I, that's what I'm going to do. Evie. No. Evie. Matt, you're muted. <laughs> What's up, Matt? I was, I was saying shh. Oh, yeah. Well, you're muted. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't close enough to the mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe to pick up my... <laughs> The correct pronunciation of Evie's name is shh. <laughs> yes, of course. No one can argue that this one didn't have extreme plot significance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Definitely. I like this one in that it really recontextualizes why all the Alephi on the Shattered Plains and Way of Kings are like, Dalinar, you lost your touch. You were so, so horrible before because they all remember what happened and Dalinar doesn't. Context, horrible in this case was a positive thing for them. So they were right, like, yeah, I'm not saying that the Alephi are good here. Be horrible again. Yeah, why don't you just be more horrible again? Uh, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, you burned the city to the ground. <laughs> so scary. Now you're not scary. Don't tell me to do anything. Yeah. So it yeah. recontextualizes all of that and obviously has a lot to do with Dalnar and his entire arc and discovering the way of kings and everything. Um, this is one of those ones where like I it it fits the trope, but it doesn't it has nothing to do with my enjoyment. I love this so much. It feels 
it was very powerful. I enjoyed the story very much. So just, just, I just want to say like for like, I should have said this at the beginning, but like, just because we're talking about it matching the trope doesn't mean we don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. just, just, just to make that clear, I love the story with Dalinar and Evie, but, um, it, it does match. It, 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 does it matches, but it's very affecting. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good use of the trope. And it affects and, Dalinar. And it doesn't, it's not actually, in some ways, like, there are some, like, it changed, it's changed enough. Like, for example, like, the the lost Lenore trope or the, the dead, often it's, you know, they're so present on the character's mind and they're really motivating them. And for the first <laughs> two books... <laughs> Dalinar yes. can't think about her, right? Like so, yeah. and she she is idealized almost in her absence. Like he's like, well, mm -hmm. I think I must have loved her a lot because I had to forget about her. But, um, but yeah, like she's almost more. If it wasn't handled the way it was, it could have felt more like, oh, we just need a dead wife off camera, no name, no anything, mm -hmm. no character detail. But it was handled in a way. Like he did that in a way that it was there's a plot reason for it to be that mm -hmm. way. And it's uh, her absence almost spoke louder than her presence would have. Yeah. It's like it's like, like an impact was, creator. It's like you yeah. see you see the impact of it, but you don't know what caused it. And then yeah. when you actually see the moment happen, it's that much more powerful. Like this yes. isn't like this isn't like a little like a, a little knock on the head that like changes his direction in life. This is like this. The, this changes everything like yep. she's yeah. she no one can argue she's not important yeah and and i think we all knew at least i expected from book one that we were gonna get some version of oathbringer eventually where we were gonna like that's a pretty big promise that brandon is making yeah. with yeah. the like with the sh and the all, all that stuff that she's gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this eventually yeah. and to launch off of that is in like writing terms, like Brennan often uses the frames to hang a lantern on something, which yeah. is to to draw attention, the reader's attention to something that like yeah is important but might not be addressed just yet. It's like kind of foreshadowing where it's like he hangs a whole lot of lanterns during Way of over Kings, and over again, <laughs> like with like the sh and it's like yeah, and it's like not being able to remember like that's making a promise that like one that he is going to remember at some point and that it's going to be important. Like he has to have forgotten her for a reason. And yeah. it can't just be like, oh, I must have loved her too much. Cause that would be the boring answer. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that Stormlight is structured to have flashbacks, like I was so excited. Yeah. It's like, what what's gonna happen with Evie? <laughs> I do think though, contrasting how Dalinar thinks about Evie to Adolin, we do mm. not here he does not really think about his mother at all which i think for the first two for the first few books is necessary because we need to see those events unfold mm -hmm. through dalinar but i i i do hope that in the future now that that is out of the way we do get to see him think about his mother more mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. that's true a, i think it kind of works because uh Adeline, um doesn't really have you know, he doesn't really have an internal life um, as the character. He character he's he kind of does. Um, he he works the character role, I should say. He's a very active, present character. Um, but yes, I agree. I hope there is a little bit more internal life 
in um, in Adolin and Renarin that we can see mm-hmm. because we don't actually see their reaction to the truths yeah. um, at the end of Oathbringer. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think Adolin and Renarin, like you said, like as an absent spouse, she's very significant. As an absent mm-hmm. mother, it kind of just feels like, oh, Dalinar has always been a single parent, which after Oathbringer, yeah. we're like, no, like <laughs> yeah. she was... It's very important that Dalinar did not raise these two boys because they would not be the people <laughs> that they would not are. be the people they are today. Um, and yeah. you get little nods like Adolin, I think his pre-dual rituals, there's something that Yeah, he um, has his mother's, mother's chain that he keeps. Yeah, on. or so, so yeah. but I agree with you. Like mm-hmm. but I do think it served a narrative purpose and that Brandon didn't want to like because it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole like whisper it out thing to then switch to an Adolin chapter and him being like, oh yeah, my mom, Evie, she was really great. And she was, you know, like. And she died at the rift and my dad did the, yeah. and my dad did the big revenge too because he was so upset that she died. Like, uh, it's like, it like she, I wouldn't even put her in like the dead parent category, at least at the end of Oathbringer because it's sort of like, that's just not how she's yeah. uh, played in the and books that we see. I, I also think it, this kind of, it kind of reminds me of how Brandon handled the, Kelsier's secret plan arc mm-hmm. in Mistborn, where he's kind of deliberately lying by omission to the reader. Right. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, think just thinking to, that. to a lesser extent, but I think that's kind of what he's doing with Adolin and Renarin's. Mm-hmm. And Renarin less so because he barely gets viewpoints. Um, but with Adolin, uh, he he's kind of just being like, oh, the squ- Adolin thinks about his mom. But during the scene when we're with him, that's just not on that's his mind. That's not the focus. Yeah. 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 Oh. But I, I, I agree it would be good to have more more of that. Cause well, Effie with the kids was super cute in Oathbringer. Yeah. Like Yeah. I, I think as of right now, I'm okay with it. But if going forward there wasn't more of that starting to get introduced, I'd be kind of disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think we do yeah. need to see it from the uh Adolin and Renarin's perspective, yeah. for sure. And we do know in the back five, there's going to be a Renarin book, yes. which will presumably have Renner, Renarin flashbacks. Presumably. Yes. Yeah. And he's he's pretty young, so I kind of hope his mom will show Future? up in them. Yeah. yeah. She has to be in at least one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, I, really and- lo- oh, I really liked the Oathbringer flashbacks, mm-hmm. like, because they were, they felt different than the other ones. Like, they yeah. were so... Oh, yeah. They were so intertwined with Dalinar's current story, but yes. like, and they, they felt, I don't know, I don't know if this is even true, but it felt like there were, there was more of them to me. Um, yeah. like, mm-hmm. like Evie got really characterized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, Dalinar's past with her got really characterized and shaped. I think another part of that is again, what we talked about at the beginning about why people use dead, dead spouses is part of it's to give history. Right. And Dalinar is an older character, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Shalon and Kaladins were both kind of <laughs> like, this is my childhood. Whereas we never even see Dalinar as a child, right? Like his first we few skip points, all he, of that. <laughs> he's uh like I think he's in his late teens, early twenties in the first Yeah. Something like that. Like first, yeah. He's like 18 or something, and yeah. he's killing killing folk and he's killing doing, folk, yeah. Yeah. And and so A, his flashbacks cover a longer period of time in some ways. Yeah. And it's also yeah, like they're they're juicier for that reason. Like I think that, and I think it's really enjoyable 
like a lot of times it's like, oh, my protagonist is 21 and that's the age the protagonist has to be because they're just starting out on their journey or they're just, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good tool like, for the, to it's get sort the of like, with in. like a 50, 55 year old man. And then you yeah. get into like the, you can, there is so much more of like the, this is why the character is the way that he is. Yes. And it like, it feels bigger and, and stronger. Seeing that unfold. It's like, and I especially, understand you. Especially in Dalinar's case, when he's so different at 18 or 20 or 20 or 30, yes. as he is at 50, 55 ish. Um, mm -hmm. And then like, even like his characterization becomes part of the mystery. And so we, we know that it, that it's because of Evie and, you know, now, and so like when her, her mystery, the mystery of Evie, the dead wife being unveiled, mm -hmm. it's sort of like, for one, it's like, I don't, as the lost Lenore, um, I don't think she's idealized to the reader. Is, mm -hmm. is the thing because oh, no. it's sort of like we get to see her for the real person that she was mm -hmm. um she's she's not a mystery to us anymore it's not like she's forever slated to be the idealized dead wife and oh like mm -hmm. the she she impacted them so much it's like no we actually really got to see the character that she was mm -hmm. um and like the like the events of it like it, it's i don't think it was just like let's tuck the dead wife away for for motivation yeah. purposes you know like this no. was very this was so impactful. Just, yeah. 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 And, and on that point, um, I really like how she's so different from the previous examples we looked at because mm -hmm. the others, like, yes, they're different, but like Shashara, Mare, um, Palm, all of, or, or Lessie, I guess, um, yeah. all three are portrayed as like very brilliant, um, very mm -hmm. interesting, very, Strong um, and powerful and strong and powerful awesome. women, yeah. like superhero women. Like they're all kind of mm -hmm. fall into that. Whereas Evie is like, you know, she's she's a good mom and she wants what's best for her kids and she wants her marriage to be happy and isn't satisfied with all the aspects of it. And mm -hmm. like she she's a lot more average um in her portrayal. Yeah. Um yes. and which it's like, is cool. Yeah, and she because she's not a lefty, like mm -hmm. she tries very hard to be a good Alethi wife. She just isn't good at it because it it just feels so wrong to her. Right. And yeah. it yeah. and circling back to like the idealization being more on Dalinar's part. And it's like looking at how when his memories were gone, like his view of her or what he thinks it must have been compared to like how he actually felt about her is very different because like mm -hmm. he i don't know if he actually did love her like mm -hmm. it yeah. was kind of a political yeah. marriage yeah yeah and that's um like the the whole the whole picture of like dalinar isn't like oh my lost love it's like this is the woman i failed yeah. Um, I failed yeah. like I failed her in every way. I failed her as like to be a good husband. I failed her as like to to mm -hmm. like her idea of like I didn't support her. I didn't father our children very well. You know, mm -hmm. it was like I and I and eventually he he killed her. So it was like <laughs> the, yeah. the like the series, the series the series of this woman being failed is mm -hmm. like she and she, you know and her not even her being the kind of character she can't save herself. She can't make this. Mm -hmm. she, she doesn't have for whatever reason, like the ability or capacity to, to like make Dalinar be better. Mm -hmm. She can't, like, she can't do it. She, she's not the kind of white, you know, like 
he's he was like he was like a he was like a storm he was like a, a mm-hmm. force unto himself who is who's going to change Dalin or colin yeah but and, in, in a way like she does end up changing him like her death mm-hmm. is what ch- changes him into the man she always believed he could be right and granted you it, know what's it was her death and yeah. then him forgetting about her him forgetting about it yeah what's interesting too i think if Brandon had continued some of the patterns from the previous books. Mm-hmm. It would have been like Navani type character. If Navani had been the dead spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would have very much fallen mm-hmm. in light, like this passionate love. They have this like cramp chemistry. Like that mm-hmm. would have fallen more in line with the ones we've seen before. Whereas with Evie, yeah, like it, it's different, but she's still motivating that change. And I just love how Brandon uses her too to kind of further highlight issues with Alethi culture because yes. mm-hmm. our protagonists are so Alethi centric that they don't notice um, mm-hmm. the things that are wrong necessarily. Whereas she, like, you know, points out, oh, like the women are so mean to me um, and everything has to be an argument or a conversation or has to be. Everything has to be so witty. And I'm just like, yeah. and if you're not witty. Yeah. Like I'm try- tired of trying to prove that I'm smart all the time or prove this or prove that. Like, I just want to mm-hmm. be. I think one of the first things we really learn about Evie is when Dalinar asks Navani about her and Navani says like, she was yeah. kind of slow, which I think both was a little mean spirited. Yeah, yeah. mean spirited, and also serves as an example of contrasting Evie and how people saw her with the other mm-hmm. woman we talked about, where they were very smart, capable women. Whereas with Evie, after she died, people around her were like, she was a little slow, nice, but you know, yeah, but it was, it was nice, like, but, you know. sl- like slow to an Alethi, but it was mm-hmm. sort of like. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at her, she's you're like, oh no, she's not. She's not actually stupid. She's like a normal. She's a she's normal just person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's just an average yeah. nice person. But when Alessi, like a like a you know, in that level of society that they were at, where you can't be average, it's right, like exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I right. think also what the flashbacks do a good job of is showing that a lot of the times when Dalinar is dismissive of Evie, it's not actually because of a personal characteristic. It's because of like cultural differences. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not that, you know, she's an idiot or she's this or whatever. It's that, oh, Dalinar doesn't understand where she's coming from because they were raised in different cultures. And, and I, I kind of like that. And she gets sad. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or like, you know, how she's like praying for this or she's doing like it's it, it's cultural difference. It kind of reminds me actually of some actors or like celebrities have talked about where English isn't their first language, how they're mm-hmm. like, they'll be like, oh, I'm really funny and quick with improv in my home language. But mm-hmm. I come across mm-hmm. as like a ditz or as like a mm-hmm. yeah. slow in English because it's my yeah. second language. And right. I, I kind of like see that Sophia Vergara scene in Modern Family. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, that, Sophia like, Vergara is a good example. Yeah. You know how smart I am in Spanish? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is, is, a, is, is this her second language for Evie? I mean, not happen. Um, yes, yeah. it, it 100% yeah. would be. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And so, so, yeah, I, I think Evie is someone who Brandon handled really well. He obviously mm-hmm. thought a lot and she's, her story is kind of the centerpiece of Oathbringer, right? And mm-hmm. 
I, uh, yeah, I really like what he did with that concept in, in that story. Oh, and it just makes the whole point of flashbacks just, Oathbringer makes it worth it, you know, to have the flashbacks yeah. connecting with the main plot and it just fit together so well. Oh, so I love it. As a plot person, I just love that. So it worked. It worked so well for for every aspect of the story, and it all centered on Evie and who she was. And mm-hmm. it was like, like you know, this is like I like. There's no way I can possibly be mad at this use of the trope. Like it was, it was so powerful. Yeah. Um. She wasn't. She wasn't just a blank. She wasn't just there to make Dalinar sad. Well, um, she was a blank until she wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. She, yeah, yeah. she, she, she was she a blank. A blank that- once we got to know her, it's like she wasn't just the. <laughs> and she she was a blank that we knew was going to be filled in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because Brandon could have written that, oh, Dalinar's wife died. And then just left it at that, right? Like, that's what some books have done. And yeah. Let's talk about a few other examples, uh, maybe a little more quickly, because, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of dead characters who. Uh, yeah shadow you know other characters. yeah so the, the, these are ones which maybe we don't need to go as in depth in um but just kind of offer interesting similarities but are different um the first one uh to include a male spouse is gavilar um who you know is idealized in some ways and part part of it i think is we haven't gotten much Navani viewpoints on Gavilar yet, um, but uh, criminally underdone in Oathbringer flashbacks. Yeah, <laughs> Navani um, Gavilar and Dalinar's relationship. Really. But, I think that might have been. I'm know. sure it's intentional. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and Gavilar also serves as this as a sibling version of this for Dalinar. I think like yes. he that kind of because Dalinar idealizes Gavilar. Gavilar's death in the opening chapter of every book. I don't think I would pu- even put him in like the dead spouse because I think Nav- Navani mm-hmm. and Gavilar have been intentionally um, left a little blank on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like this, like is like, this is a mystery that is slowly being filled in, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I also don't think it's necessarily a big one. I think the character of Gavilar is a bigger mystery than the mystery of like what no. Navani and Gavilar's relationship was True. like. And like, I, w- like, I would put him in like the dead brother more. Oh yeah, yeah. Serves, yeah, more important yeah. that way. Yeah, similar to how um, Evie is more of a dead spouse than a dead mother. It's like Gavilar yeah. is more of a dead brother than a dead yeah. um, spouse yeah. or yeah. parent for the purpose of the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, I, I agree, and that's why I think mm-hmm. not one of the main ones, but you know, there's argument that he could fit in. His his um, death really hangs a shadow over the yes. series <laughs> really. yeah. he, he, he is a significant death in the way that this this trope can be and then it's like there is that line in way of kings i think where navani is like gavilar wasn't the man you thought he was yeah and dalinar just doesn't want to hear it like yep. he's the yeah. one at idealizing, idealizing. gavilar yep. not navani well yeah. and and yeah, Dalinar has an issue with that, I think, because he also mm-hmm. we see him in action idealizing Navani as well. Um, mm-hmm. As you, you know, like, I think he yeah. likes to but, put people on. Pet- and with Adolin, too. Um, yeah, like he's Adolin, really good at that, actually. <laughs> We're seeing like, a he's like, oh, here. Adolin's like the best of us or whatever. Dalinar blah, blah, really and- needs to believe best of people. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe he's in a different place now, but like. 
maybe mm-hmm. I maybe it was just something about like his memory and like the way mm-hmm. he his character changed, but I feel like he needed to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. People- the um, little glimpses we do get of Gavilar and Navani's relationship in the flashback is like Navani trying to talk about Fabrioles and Gavilar just like not caring at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But going into like Dalinar's personality, like Brandon has said, like he's someone that believes like the great man stance on history, where it's like a single yeah. like great person can change the course of history, which isn't quite accurate. So it makes sense that like he I does idealize like individuals that yeah rather than the aggregate of humanity yeah definitely see uh, even like even with gavilar we, we're delving back into dalinar's character yeah, no, that's, well, that's- <laughs> um the next one i came up with was uh, a subversion in rayadin uh just because mm-hmm. i think if you took out the rayadin viewpoints in elantris he would be this for Serene in a way. It's less yeah. so because they, they're not married yet, but we know they were kind of falling in love and they were betrothed. They were yeah. betrothed and she gets there and she's a widow and <laughs> his death kind of drives her part of the story um, until right. you realize that he's, until she realizes that he's alive. And it's just less of this because for the reader, they know he's alive the whole time. Right. Um, if that had been like a palm situation where it was revealed, it might have fallen more into this. And it would be cool because then it would be a male example. Which yeah, that's true. We yeah. don't. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it really is a palm. Very close to a palm <laughs> example. Yeah. Except he doesn't stay dead and Rip. we know it the whole time. Um. um one that's good is uh, Tindwill, who, mm-hmm. like, we obviously see her a bunch in Well of Ascension, but it does sort of serve as that dead lover in Hero of Ages. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is actually one I don't think is handled as well, because, like, I, her death, like, is still something that kind of annoys me. It's like, I don't think it, th- this is definitely more of a fridging situation. Like, this wasn't necessary? Yeah. And I think especially when you look at what Brandon's plans were for Cezad, he kind of needed Cezad to be unattached, so at the end mm-hmm. he could yeah. become the hero of ages. So it does feel like, oh, you needed, you wanted to introduce Tindwell to mm-hmm. show Cezad as, like, a romantic person and kind of show that side of him. And mm-hmm. and she serves a lot of roles in that book. She's a really great character. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, but then you're like, oh, her. but then we need to get rid of her because for the grand finale, we need Cezad to be ready to give up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I to... think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like she does die off screen. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll take a husband killing uh, their, their spouse on screen versus off screen deaths all the time. Like, yeah. And on the on the fridging, I think she's in like. A pile of bodies and snow because wasn't it snowing at the time so kind of oh, definitely yeah it that, was that fridge that fridge element <laughs> yeah well and like fridging part part of it is like oh if they die off screen and the character discovers yeah. that that there's that dimension well you know? it's less about her struggle to survive and failing and more about Cezad's reaction yeah to it yeah and it's like yes like they were stationed at like separate ends of the city so like Sawzed could not have seen her death. Right. But we do see Doxon's death, and he was not a, we, from his point of view, and he wasn't a viewpoint character through most of the book. It was like, okay, like, 
you gave you did it for Doxin, but you didn't do it for Tindwell. Yeah. Like, we could have seen Tindwell's final stand, but we didn't. That's true. I I I agree. But I mean Well of Ascension isn't my favorite book, let's just say. So, yeah. you know, I just put another one into the Well of Ascension column. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um another one is uh not a spouse, but Tian serves this role very much for in terms of like the idealization and kind of the driving mm-hmm. force. Like Tian is this for Kelsey or for uh, Kaladin? K names, K names, K and V names. And I think part of it too is just a product of Kaladin being a younger character. Like having mm-hmm. a dead spouse probably wouldn't have made sense, but no. <laughs> oh boy, but Tian serves the role. Uh, that we see dead spouses serve for other characters mm-hmm. uh, for Kaladin. What I what I like about this one is that it's not just Tien. It's not just mm-hmm. like Kaladin is kind of like the surrounded by death all around yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like it's sort of like for him, he's like, oh my god, this is a pattern in my life um, of like everyone everyone yeah. I love dies around me. Um, yeah. Tien was a critical one, but it's like, let's list off all these other characters you don't know that died around me. Yeah, yeah. So he's just I, the like, most significant one. But I don't find it egregious, you know? Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. And then there's in White Sand for Chris. Oh, we boy. have a male example in Givelden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is another, I think, subversion, because she thinks he's dead and then she finds out he isn't. And when they kind of have that conversation, he's just like, I'm not going back. They're going to kill me. I'm going to stay here. You have fun. Bye. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. And this is actually one of the differences between the graphic novel and the, the prose. Cause in the prose, like he was not a good person. That scene did not go as well as it did in the graphic novel. That's true. Cause it's like, he, he says like a lot of, Chris's idealization of uh, Gavin was that like she's she didn't exactly fit into society well like people made fun of her but like Gavin was the one that like oh like stuck up for her and in the prose it's revealed that like oh no he was participating in all of that behind her back and he was just a garbage <laughs> human being Oof. Um, Oof. I'm kind of glad that got cut out of the graphic novel <laughs> Brandon wrote White Sand uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So that some changes in White Sand were were good. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. But still, like even in the graphic novel, like he he still wasn't a good person. No, it just wasn't as anti Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's uh, a lot of dead dead parents. Uh mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of those. Uh especially in his YA books. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's a common tool like you see this in ya all over the market mm-hmm. because it gives child or younger characters agency right it's kind of hard to give a younger character a lot of power or agency if they have a parent protecting them who are awesome uh, telling them we're what to do the, you know you know we're acting like parents should yeah right <laughs> yeah acting like parents should exactly so like having an absent parent or a kidnapped parent or a dead parent is almost a, I'd say for like your kind of classic YA, um, it's almost like a necessary element. You need to get them out of the way 
so then the child can matter whether it's because the kid is away at like a boarding school or the kid is going on a pokemon journey i don't know (laughs) Um, but yeah you need to get rid of mom and dad for a bit (laughs) yeah and it's like but even in like warbreaker with siri and vivenna's mother yeah her death kind of affects how siri gets treated oh that's that's true yeah because it's like their mother who isn't named yep for whatever reason died like in a horseback riding accident and like also reminds them of like siri reminds them of her mother and so like she's restricted in a lot of things because like from a noble sense it's because like they don't want the same thing to end up to siri but that's Mm -hmm. kind of used as a horrible excuse because she's not her mother she's her own human being that i kind of forgot about that connection because i was like man we have like nothing on their mother (laughs) other than died in horseback yeah we don't we don't have a name or anything for the mother right Mm -mm. oh yeah Yeah, there's lots of unnamed mothers and 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 that's the other thing i think is again when you're talking about okay maybe this is a common element in YA but when it's done well versus when it's done bad and I think looking at the impact on the character and the characterization is important because sometimes it's obvious that it's just oh we need no parents mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. why we're getting rid of them it's and they're not like the character is just fine and it doesn't impact them at all and the deceased parent doesn't get much characterization um like Raiden's mom doesn't get that much characterization. Yeah, but it's no. not like played of like a big shadowy element or something. Yeah, yeah it's like just it's one like of the she was the given. one that yeah when Raiden break broke his leg as a child, like she's the one that convinced Iodon to bring Raiden to the um, oh, Delandrians to heal him. But yeah. other than that, like <laughs> like she died when he was relatively young, I think. This is like yeah. the the dead and absent mother, like the yeah. they're not important. They're just gone. Here's like a little tidbit to show that they're nice and it mm-hmm. gives some weight of history, which is does serve a purpose in storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so some some examples from Brandon's YA stuff. Oh yeah, uh, st- starting with David and the Reckoners. Uh, he has two dead parents, uh, one yes. of whom is his father, who we get a lot of detail on. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we his know. mom. Do we know? Yeah. Do we yeah. know, know that his mom is dead? Yes. I thought she just like uh, wasn't mentioned. At least on the cover mind, like um, Blaine Charleston, who is David's father, is described as a widower. So ah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I wasn't actually sure if she was dead or not either before we started talking and preparing for this podcast. Yeah, I didn't remember have... until I checked the cover mind. And you're like, oh, oh widowed okay, when calamity. Widowed. Yeah, okay. All right. Shows you how much detail she gets as a character. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and comparing that to like the the dead spouses or like even yeah, comparing David's father to his mother. Yeah, it kind of feels like Brandon needed one significant death for David, and so it's the dad but he didn't want to like overcomplicate things by having mm-hmm. like two parents and everything. Yeah. And so just kind of ignored the mom part. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he had to be an orphan. Interestingly enough, you also see this in children's television and that's partially financial cause they don't want to pay two adult actors for like <laughs> minor <laughs> roles. 
Um, yeah. And you see this in adaptations sometimes where in a book they'll have two parents and then in the in the television version they'll only have one. Wow, really interesting. Where's sometimes, where's Ash yeah. Ketchum's uh, dad? We don't know. Oh, there's a lot of fan theories. About <laughs> oh, I bet there is. <laughs> I Giovanni, obviously. <laughs> For most of the, the YA, David and the Reckoners, Spencer and Skyward, and Joel and Rhythmatist is like the... I noticed you guys have, have said the unnamed mother a couple times here. All right. Yep. Um, but the dad gets to be significant even in death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The mom is there. She doesn't get a name, even if she's alive or dead. And we, then we the dad do not is... have Spencer's mom's name. Well, and we don't have Joel. Um, I'll, Joel. Oh, and she's and she actually has. She's on screen. She's yeah. on screen. She talks a lot. Um, yeah. And and granted, she has. I think we would have Spencer's mother's name if it wasn't a first person. Right. That's fair. That's, That's fair. like I think he still could have worked a name in there. I'm not. I'm not excusing it. Yeah, but uh, but I do think he would have he would have written it. I hope um, if it wasn't first person. But yeah, it's kind of like Spencer has has her mom, but the mom isn't important. Like she's she's there, and yeah. it's it's nice that Spencer has like can go back to her, but she has very limited speaking roles. The important mm-hmm. parent is the dad. Yep, who is, is dead. Mean. But also, like her grandmother gets a name. Her grandmother, grandmother gets, gets a name. Yeah, yeah. Her grandmother, and well, and also like. To counter my own point, her dad, like her, her dad, could have just been, "Oh, my dad, my dad, my dad," the whole time. Instead, it's yeah. Zine. But... <laughs> he had to have he had to have a call sign. So I mean, mm-hmm. even if even if it was just that, it's it's fine. Call sign Zine. <sighs> what was his Bad. call sign? Chaser. 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 Okay. Yeah. Wow. The the unnamed mothers, but like, yeah, Spencer's mom is not an important character, whereas. The dad is plot important, and the grandma is much more important for reasons. But I'll, I'll, I mind it less because she still gets like a significant female family member. You yeah, know? she's not dead. Sort of like, so it doesn't have to be the mom, I guess. You know, it just like mm-hmm. it's just like weird. It it fits into the pattern in a really weird way, and I'm like, oh, yeah. it still it still happens this way, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think very easily like the situation could have been reversed. Like Spencer's mother could have been the um, sky pilot, airship, spaceship pilot. Yeah, space. <laughs> the pilot. Is the <laughs> um, that had like the defect and her father is the one that's living. Yeah, there's no like societal restraints mm-hmm. on the, you know, Skyward yeah. universe. Um, In that respect. I feel in like respect, in all the in all the, the all the young adult ones, Reckoners, Skyward, Rhythmatist, this was like it's all very gender equal. It was like there mm-hmm. there's no there's no sense of like only men can do this this cool mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, yeah. It's it's just funny how all the, the dead dads seem to be very plot important in all the mm-hmm. stories. And all the all the women are just there and they're like, yeah. Yeah. But but if you're in the Cosmere and you're if you're a dead spouse, you're usually female. <laughs> Yeah, it's just oh. it an interesting an interesting reversal. Dead wives and dead fathers. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I kind of wonder how much you know that's maybe an unconscious bias or maybe a conscious bias that Brandon is working against. But you know, like 
he he's a male writer and you know maybe has a very strong relationship with his father um and so thinks more about a father-son relationship than maybe a mother-son relationship and is maybe also thinking yeah. you know about the husband yeah. you, you know it's like i think some of those about, things it's hard to talk about brandon specifically because like yeah. i don't know him. um no, but oh I, yeah no this is all about, like yeah conjecture like, yeah he talks but about like, in book, like but yeah yeah in a oh, general yeah, sense like like in a general sense like everyone we all have unconscious biases mm-hmm. um so like when like when i think about when i think about this specific trope or this specific issue like i'm not i'm not necessarily thinking about like just brandon and what he's specifically oh, yeah. thinking no. you know it's mm-hmm. kind of like i'm thinking about you know just how this is like the easy way like this is what feels like natural and normal because it's like a trope we see all the time you know it's 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 kind of easy to go here without you know and just like this is this this feels natural i'll just write it this way you know and like that's that's it's it's societal this is this is what we see in stories over and over again like i like i like i would think like even even when i write things in like very low-key things like the 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 tropes that come out just as like this feels natural this feels like oh like just automatically i go here is you know falls along these lines it's it's yeah. like there's gonna you know a, a dead wife and a dead and a dead father like something like the people who drive us it's like you know um a, like you know a man is motivated by like the death of a loved one and a child is motivated to try to aspire to be like their fathers so it's sort of mm-hmm. like why don't why don't why don't children aspire to be like their mothers you know and like and why aren't women seen as strong enough to survive the death of um like a husband and, and get to be the hero you know mm-hmm. and just uh under the this is like very unconscious like i don't think anyone is consciously thinking about these questions when they when they write this trope but mm-hmm. and i think it's important i think like where brandon i think recognized this and did like the counter example was in uh shadows for silence in the forests of hell mm-hmm. where he, that's true like he wrote about like a core aspect of silence's character um was that she was a mother right Mm -hmm. and middle-aged and and he also wrote it for you know a dangerous women anthology um so i probably good for him to stretch that way so when when i see things like that i'm like okay you're like maybe that slips in now and again but you are aware of it and you're trying different things and you're bringing kind of diverse characters Mm -hmm. out more more female roles uh yeah. more more female villains we need that too you know yeah, yeah. absolutely because the ones honestly the female villains he's put in have been my favorites yeah like, that's true i love i love palm oh, um, palm. love no she's Ethan. absent shashara yeah. and Ethan was fun she was yeah. a very much a live wife who was very much wish who wasn't but yeah mm-hmm Asadan, yeah, and I, I, Ily, Eli, Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Like you're the a... director of your own story. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Audiobook l- l- listeners are furiously typing in the comments. Oh uh, god. <laughs> I'm sorry. The audiobooks are so long. I could read it so much faster. Cool. Well. You know, some less good use of tropes, but a lot of, like, I think pretty good. It's more just, it's just amusing in retrospect. 
I would say. Like, yes. usually in reading mm-hmm. these, I don't mind much. To be honest, mm-hmm. Ian, I think probably Tindall's the one that probably bothers me the most now that you say yeah. mention it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it, Brandon overall interacts with tropes in a very effective and thoughtful mm-hmm. manner. Like, he's not perfect, obviously, but all of these were enjoyable characters mm-hmm. for me for the most part. And yeah. And if when you write as much as Brandon, like patterns are going to <laughs> that's crop true. up. Like that's yeah. just how humans are. There's a lot of gods in these books and people becoming <laughs> gods. It's like, yeah, that's yes. Apotheosis. Yeah, but like or, I like I said like before, it's like I I never have a problem with them like in the moment when I'm reading it. Like, you know, I go into one specific book and I have a great time. Yeah, it's it's only like in the patterns, like having multiple examples to point to and saying like, hmm, this has happened over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts? I think I've said everything. Cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, we did a lot today. We <laughs> like to do some character podcasts because I know... As you can tell who gets on certain episodes, certain people really feel strongly about world building and some people uh, like Shannon uh, do not care about that. It is not on those episodes. I don't and, care about it at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah right. So we, we want to like if you're the type of person who isn't as much into the world building and more into the characters, we want to do podcasts like this and do character analysis podcasts. Uh there, there will be more mm-hmm. uh, eventually. Uh, try, and, try and get a good balance. And hopefully if you... Do you like the more world building aspects? Hopefully you still enjoyed this podcast. Yeah. But I think and it's interesting think to analyze these. Inter- analyzing and like this one, we have talked a lot about character, but it was also kind of a meta yeah. subject, you know, yeah. like which mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to look at some of the meta yeah. of yeah. tropes are always fun to talk about. Like we, we yeah. could probably mm-hmm. talk about like Brandon Avalanches and rating those and stuff yeah. like a writing thing. And I think I think that's been on our list for a while. That, and, that could oh, be, fun. be fun. Have we done arranged marriages yet? Uh, I think we touched on it, it in the love triangle. In the love triangle. We've mentioned it, but we never actually delved into the trope across the whole all of this. We works. did we did yeah. have a, a a Brandon tropes episode yeah. where yeah. we where we oh, did we talk did. about that. Yeah. Uh but yeah. this we got to do more detail, which is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I kind of forgot about that episode. <laughs> yeah. the, I did too. Shardcast is is like a copper mind. Once we're recording, after I'm done editing it, I do not remember. Someone was commenting on one of the Knights Radiant podcasts like, can you point me to this one thing? And I'm like, dude, I do not even remember what part of the podcast you're referring to. If you point me to where I will probably remember what we were talking about but as right soon now as i, I no sign clue. off i'm like oh my god what did we talk about if yeah, yeah. like literally no idea so the, the, same. the second this episode is posted i'm gonna be like oh my god what are they saying i said i don't know what what, what did <laughs> we even say yeah seriously yeah. It, it is yeah, like a compromise it's a question like in the discord about something we said we need like you to do a timestamp to the video so you can remember <laughs> yeah. what we said. It's like if totally. it's especially funny, like I remember it, uh, but it was like, hey, remember when you said this one really specific thing? Not at all. <laughs> Not well, at and all. I find I remember what you guys say way more than like myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, yeah. If someone's like, oh, when Ian said this, I'll be like, oh yeah, that was good or whatever. But it's like, like you never remember like, your own points. Yeah, what were you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. So you know what time it is. It's time for Who's That Cosmere Character. 
this character is from Roshar. Menace. Tia. Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Call. All right, listeners, you know what time it is. It is time for Who's That Cosmere Character? It's a game show where you email a character to WTCC at 17thshard.com with five clues that that character corresponds to. I read each clue aloud on air, and after each one, our panelists have a chance to guess who's that Cosmere character. You finally guess Grace gets to torture us again because uh, it's, it's been a bit because we skipped it on Ship of a Rip. So. All right. This first one was sent in by Andrew. Hi, clue Andrew. One. This character carries a weapon. Hmm. Shashara. It is not Shashara. <laughs> that, that, would, that would have been great if that was Shashara. That would have been incredible. Carries a weapon. Uh, Vasher. It is not Vasher. I'm gonna go with uh, Moash with his uh, Jezrian stabbing knife. It is not Moash. That's its official name, actually. The Jezrian stabbing knife. <laughs> no, I made the Coppermind article. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll go with my boy Adolin. It is not Adolin. Clue two. This character has influenced politics. Oh, that's not helpful at all. So all the Alethi males who have shard plays. Is it Dalinar? It is not Dalinar. Is it Serini? It is not Serini. Is it Gavilar? It is not Gavilar. I'm gonna go. Uh, Mistborn, and I'll say Vin. It is not Vin. <laughs> you know, she did influence politics, that's true. I was like, doesn't fit the yeah. what you'd first think of, but you can't argue with results. Clue mm-hmm. <laughs> three. This character was part of a failed plot. Blue Fingers? It is not Blue Fingers. Is it Sadius? It is not Sadius. I'll go with my girl. Is it Shan Alariel? It is not Shan Alariel. <laughs> you like is it Yedin, the leader of the Ska Rebellion? It is not Yedin. I like how we all have guesses. Like no one is like stalling on this on these yeah, no. clues. Yeah. Uh clue four. This character has done things that go against his or her beliefs. Go against their is beliefs. Is it Rathen? It is not Rathen. I love how you just someone says something Correct. and you just pronounce it different your way. I love it. It's very funny. That's that's what um, you come here for for different pronunciations of all your favorite characters. Has done things that go against their beliefs. Can can I have all the clues again, Grace? Uh, is it Ellen? Is not Ellen. Carries a weapon. Influenced politics. Part of a failed plot. Uh, goes against their beliefs. Oh, I guess he's not part of a failed plot. Never mind. Has done things that go against their beliefs. You already guessed Vasher. I did. Yeah. This is the one that's... that. Okay, I spoke too soon about stalling. Um, I mean, I'm stalling too, so... Yeah. You said Hrathen, didn't you? No, Matt said Hrathen. Matt did. Oh, oh we already know, guessed, and we, are, we already guessed Adolin as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I know one that's I think is really obvious, and I haven't been guessing it because it seemed too obvious from the first one. But I'm wondering. Well, now I mean, it's... then 
you'll be able to guess it next one. Yeah. I'm not 100% on this one, but I th there's one clue that isn't quite there, but I think I know. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, now, I, now I'm struggling to come up with someone. Me too. I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to pass though. I'm like, uh, no. this feels like I should know it. Yeah. A failed plot. Oof. Yeah, that's why I went with blue fingers. You know, on yeah. that failed plot. But does yeah, blue fingers wield a weapon? And I mean, even I, with I don't think so. I was like thinking maybe like had some implement when killing Blush Reaver or something, but I think he had priests do it. But the, I don't the know. pen is mightier than the sword, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> is it even, death? Even Vin, I was kind of oh, like, oh, Vin wields. Is it Seth? Oh, it is Seth. Thanks, Seth. Yes, that's oh. that's what that's what I was thinking from the beginning. Wow, and I was, I like, was oh, actually no, going to go with Rock. Oh, okay, Rock was my guess. All right, that's a good guess. Guys, wow. I won one. You won. Um, is that your first clue <laughs> in a long in a long time? Yeah. <laughs> clue five was this character wears distinctive clothing. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. So you would have gotten it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was partially because we were talking about Nightblood, but as soon as I heard carried a weapon, I, I was, was thinking like, like I was, I was thinking like Basher and Seth. That's what brought me back to. That's what brought me back to Seth. I'm like, wait a minute. Shoot. Seth carries Nightblood uh, and Oathbringer and da 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 da. And influenced politics is very. And he fun. also That's carries. Great. He carries the honor blade for the first couple books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, just very funny clue. I love that. Thank you, Andrew. And with a failed plot, yeah, to kill Dalinar. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Nice. That was good. That was that good. good. That was good. I, I like main characters that, but it's not obvious immediately. But I mean, mm -hmm. Matt, you, I guess you could have guessed it immediately. Yeah, but, but then I psyched myself out about yeah, it. I know. So. Sometimes you got to go with the low hanging fruit, but like there, there was some good misdirects that were like, oh, okay. yeah. Well, because you don't right think weapon, of Seth but... as super political. Uh, right, yeah, necessary. right. Yeah. Vin can influence <laughs> politics, as Seth sure does too. Assassins, yeah. very politically yeah. motivated, shockingly. Vin and Seth would be an interesting shipper rip. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> it's like Zane, but more boring. <laughs> and more killing, potentially. And more killing. This next one was sent in by Matt. Not Thank you, Matt. other Matt. Clue one. This character died in battle. Is it Sen? Is it who? Sen? C-E-N-N? -N? Oh, no. Yeah. It's not Sen. Is it Tindwell? It is Tindwell. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just like, if it's an Arrow 1 character, Matt's just like, I am, I am on it. I got it. Like, well, it's... Also, we specifically yeah, talked we about Tinwell dying like yeah. this episode. So yeah, it was, it was on the mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like if someone uh, got Shashara on that last one on Clue One, yeah. you'd be like, damn. Like I guessed. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Like I would have been impressed. It'd be good. What, what were the other clues? This character was not a warrior. This character was a successful trainer. This character defended a gate against monstrous foes. This character was in love with a eunuch. Nice. Progression, mm -hmm. like the last clue, you definitely get it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, gate yeah. clue is like slightly less. Should probably get it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. No. Good progression. But but now I just have an image of Tyndall as a Pokemon trainer. Is anyone anyone else? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. Just me. Okay. 
All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. So in two weeks from now, it will pass 17th Shard's 10th anniversary. And we want to do something special. So it's going to be a non-standard episode that will be long and will be live on our Twitch channel, which we're going to link below. And we will post the VOD up. Uh, I think it will happen Saturday, June 6th. So you won't get an episode on that Friday, but it will air live on Saturday. And then I'll probably need to do some cuts. Then it'll be posted later. But that's what we'll do. Uh, and so stay tuned for that. Should be lots of fun. You can come interact with us. Ask us questions. We'll probably do a bunch of Who's That Cosmere characters and Q&A. And aside from that, I haven't thought about this that much, but we're, we're going to get the details of that soon. And hopefully it won't be a disaster. So it may be a disaster, but we've, we've been around for 10 years. And Shardcast, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nearly three years of consistent episodes. So that's pretty good. Because, you, you know, a bunch of people have been asking for live shows. So, you know what? We're, we're going to do that. Uh, well, probably not all of our shows are going to be live, but, you know. You, you wouldn't want all of them to be live. No, you, you really no. don't. You really don't. You're going to see all the downtime. You're going to see where I make long pauses between words that these guys have to suffer through and I cut out so, to make myself sound better. So it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun for everyone. So... You can go find us on 17shard.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun you could ever want. You can join us in Discord. You can join us in Facebook, uh, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can support us on Patreon. And uh, we'll see you next time live, I guess. Whoa. Assuming it's not a disaster. So, you know, I, I I have about a few weeks to figure out how this works. So I sh- it should be okay. So we will see you all next time. Bye. 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 Call. <laughs>